Welcome to this week's podcast from Gathering Place Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit our website at gatheringplacechurch.com. Amen. Well, you can be seated. We are happy and thankful that you're here this morning. And I believe this Baptism Sunday that God has a word for you and wants to remind you of your baptism. I want to wish everyone a happy new year. Everyone make it into 2019. Everyone doing okay? You ready? You fueled up? You charged up? I know I am as I've been uh, just praying for you, praying for our church. And uh, we're going to be having uh, four people getting baptized today. And it's going to be in the 11 o'clock service. So if you want to celebrate with us, you're welcome to stay for another service. But it's going to be amazing as uh, Nadia and Casey... Uh, are going to be getting baptized, and they're leaving to Colorado. So this is actually their last Sunday here with us um, as they're newlyweds, and they're heading out on an adventure. Um, And so they wanted to get baptized, and their grandfather, who was actually um, a pastor of about 30 years in a church in Ohio, he's going to be here with us and going to be baptizing with me as he wanted to baptize his granddaughter. So it's going to be an awesome experience for them. Um, and then Charles Johnson is going to be getting uh, baptized again as well, rededicating his life. In the span of a year, what God has done in their family uh, is pretty amazing. Um, and then we have Josiah Hoffaker getting baptized. Uh, and his dad, Peter Hoffaker, is going to be uh, helping out with that as well. So it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful uh, service of just celebrating new life. But this morning, I just want to share with you briefly and just share what's been on my heart as we're going into the new year, as it's Baptism Sunday. And if you're taking notes, you can follow along on the app. Everything's right there. Uh, but I want to talk to you about a new creation. I got to ask you, are you thankful that you're a new creation? That you're not defined by what you once were. But the message of Christianity isn't behavior modification, isn't becoming a good person, but is literally dying of an old life and picking up the life of Christ And that's what we're here to celebrate this morning, is that you and I, we need to be reminded of the great identity that we have. I believe as we go into 2019, when all these resolutions come about, we write down things, how we want to change, and the weight we want to lose, and the the debt we want to get out of, and the opportunities we pray open up. It's great that we want to change our behavior, but how many of you know, and what we talked about last week is it goes beyond that of we just can't will ourselves to change a behavior because if we could, we would be doing it left and right and would be changing quickly and very easily. But we know that's not the truth. And what the heart of the gospel is, is it just doesn't touch our behavior. It goes deep down into our beliefs. And this revelation that I've got in my life is I... uh, pray for the transforming work of the Holy Spirit to touch and to change and to grow and mature me, is I can easily set out goals again and pray that this behavior changes in my life. But if I don't allow the Holy Spirit to get to the core of my beliefs, then I'm going to keep falling into the same patterns and not seeing real transformation in my life. So I pray the behaviors that you see in your life, that you stop just scratching the surface and and wishing that this would change, but you would give access to the Holy Spirit to get down to your beliefs. Because if your beliefs are corrupted, the the outcome of that is behaviors are going to be corrupted. And so 
I love what Proverbs 23, 7 says this morning. It says this, it says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So this speaks of uh, the beliefs and the heart uh, that we're to have, that what we think even about ourselves is how we act, or what we think about ourselves, how we think God views us, how we uh, believe that we're to be and to act is of, is of great importance. And what we see throughout the gospel with, in the New Testament, as I was looking into this, it says over 140 times it declares a promise of who you are in Christ. And that's, again, the heart of what baptism is and the heart of what we're to be reminded of is that we need to know we have a great identity in Christ. And standing here as your pastor, I can tell you that I haven't even accessed everything that I am in Christ. That's why it is a journey, not just a destination where you you hear or you just read scripture. Okay, that's great. Because what I've experienced in my life and as I've talked is experience many times derails what we read about our identity in Christ. Especially some of you have served God for many years as, as you've walked through family, as you've walked through raising kids and marriage and a career and ups and downs, what you read in scripture, and then when you look in the mirror at your own life, you're not seeing a lot of those things in your life, as, even as I reflect on my life. And so many times our experience derails our belief in what we read in the word of God that says who we are in Christ. So what happens? We get discouraged. We even uh, many times can go as deep as to falling into despair where we stop really believing who God says we are, and we walk away from it, or we say, that's nice and fluffy, and that's a great New Year's message, but I don't really believe it for myself because I haven't seen it happen in my life. And so again, Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so he is. I pray that the gospel in 2019, I pray that the renewal of the Holy Spirit would get deep down in you and into your heart where you would know who you are in Christ, and not just know it, We know what Hosea 4 says. It says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Knowledge is important, but we talked about last week is we have to begin to exercise what we know and walk in it. You know, one of my favorite characters in the Bible because of what he had, the temptation he had to say no to, inspires me. We see many great men and women of God fall to sexual temptation in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament. Everyone from David to Solomon, it was the sexual temptation that caught their heart, caught their affections, and and they fell to it. But we see where God restored and renewed. But there's a man that we know who went from a dream to a destiny. His name is Joseph. And if you know just quickly the story of Joseph, is God had given him a dream. He was blessed among his brothers, given a coat to represent that blessing. He began to talk and share about his dream. Critics came around him, i.e. his family and his brothers. He was thrown, his coat was torn from him, he was sold into slavery, his identity stripped of him. And then fast forwarding, we see a scene in Joseph's life where he ends up second in command in Potiphar's house. Or not second in command yet, but he's in Potiphar's house serving Potiphar. And you know the story, what happened is he's in Potiphar's house Is he serving? He's honoring God. He knows who he is because of what he's went through in the dungeon, the trials, the pressing, believing for new wine to come out of him, the the discouragement. There were times when he was in the dungeon, he forgot who he was, but God was graceful enough to remind him. But we see where an integrity test is presented to Joseph, where he's in the house of Potiphar. 
And as he's serving in the house, Potiphar's wife comes out of her room and says, Joseph, come and sleep with me. My husband is away, so baby, it's time to play, right? That's what she's saying to Joseph. And so she's trying to pull Joseph in to her room to have this affair with him. But Joseph's response is what encourages me, and it's in a way that I've never seen it before, but I saw it just illuminated, and I was praying through it and reading it. Look what Joseph's response was to Potiphar's wife, and I pray that this is our response to any temptation because when we know who, we're, who we are in Christ, because Joseph did at this point in his life. He said, how can I do, in Genesis 39.9, he said, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Now, the part, if, as you read at the end of the, the passage of Scripture here, the part he says is, how can I? And so he's saying, not out of a cocky way, not of who do you think you are. He's saying, I know who I am in Christ, and I know what the law of God is, and I don't want to do this wickedness to dishonor my God. That's the heart he's portraying here. It's not, you're stupid, I'm, I'm judging you for what you're doing. He said, this is my conviction, and I know who I am in Christ, and I'm not going to cross that line. You see, I was even thinking as I was studying into this, is this was an occurrence that Joseph would be familiar with. It's, it's amazing as you get deep into this, is other servants uh, would be known that Potiphar's wife would do this pretty regularly. So she would pull other servants in the house of Potiphar when Potiphar was away and would have these affairs or would sleep with these other servants. And so Joseph, seeing this, knew in the back of his head that at some point he was going to be confronted and he was going to have to know what to do. But you need to hear hear, here that he knew who he was in Christ. That is how he was able to stand against temptation. And in 2019, as you're believing God to put a spirit of iron in you, to put his presence in you, to transform you, it all begins through his strength, not your own. It begins of knowing who you are in Christ. And so Joseph, knowing this, knew that there was going to come a time when he was going to have to say no to this temptation. And so he was prepared and he was ready and ultimately he knew who he was in Christ. He knew that he had a great identity. And you need to know this morning that you have a great identity, that God loves you. He has purpose and calling and destiny for you. You know, the thing I've I've seen in my life as well is the enemy and God can't control our thoughts. They can't control what we think. They can't control what we do. God and the enemy can't. But what they do in our lives, what God does in our lives gives us suggestions and the enemy can give us suggestions. Now, when you look at the suggestions of our spiritual enemy, they usually result in temptation. So when he gives a suggestion of what we should do to pull us out of our identity and get us away from God, he gives us a a suggestion of temptation. But what does God do? His suggestions, as we read in the word of God, is usually revelation and inspiration. So to decipher between whose voice are you listening to, is it looking at something of temptation or is it looking at something of inspiration and revelation? That's a good way for you to decipher who you're listening to in your life. And so Joseph knew his great identity. As we uh, go into baptism this morning and as we look and as we reflect on baptism, uh, as I was studying and looking into baptism and the purpose and, and, and what God designed baptism to be. The baptism just isn't a New Testament deal. It's also 
revealed in the Old Testament. It was done uh, in Jewish tradition, baptism was, except it went a little further where they were, babies were circumcised first, and then eight days later they were baptized. So thank God um, that that is not our baptismal story this morning, uh, the full story. But what is, is pretty interesting about baptism, because what we traditionally hear is that baptism is a declaration of something that's happened on the inside of us, and it is. But it goes much deeper than that. And when you look at the ancient church's view on baptism, it's pretty amazing the depth and the heart and uh, the level of substance that was, re- was revolved around baptism. There's uh, this cult, this antichrist group in the early church. Early church writes of it regularly called the Anti-Baptist. In the 17th century, you can go and read it. But what their objective was is they stepped into apostasy and into heresy is they began to take the mysteries of the church like marriage, communion, and baptism and remove the supernatural aspect out of it. That it's just something physical you do to represent an inward decision that you've made. And so when we think of communion where Christ said, this is my body, they wanted to take the supernatural aspect of it of what communion really means. And we taught on that several weeks ago. And the same is what they did with baptism, is they wanted to take the supernatural aspect out of the washing of water and what it represents and completely dry it out of the Holy Spirit. If you've served God for some time, you can uh, discern and see different denominations or different teaching where it's dry of the Holy Spirit. Anybody ever seen that before? Things are just dry of the Holy Spirit. And so that was this group's intention and point in view to rip the supernatural aspect out of the mysteries of God and what he's given us. The thing I've realized in my life too and I'm thankful for is humans, we need tangible things to remind us of our relationship with Christ, right? That's why a lot of us have crosses hanging in our homes because when we see it, we're reminded of Christ. Or that's why, ladies, you love diamonds because you're reminded of how much your husbands love you. Uh, Husband, rather. We don't have multiple husbands. And so every time you look down at that ring, every time I look down at my ring, I'm reminded that I'm in covenant with Brianna and that I love her. So it's, it's, think of it this way too, it's the pictures you have in your home. When you look at the pictures of your grandchildren, you just don't see ink and paper, you see memories, you see love, there's emotion surrounded by that picture. You're even taken back to where that picture was even taken and what you felt in the moment. And so... The church gives us these things like baptism, like marriage, communion, uh, the work of salvation to remind us of something so much deeper that God wants to do in our life. It's so much more than just a public declaration, but there's something supernatural that is going to take place in the unseen world because we know as believers it's not just what we see, but how many of you know there's so much that takes place in our lives in the unseen world? And the enemy would love nothing more than to think you are fighting a person, you're fighting flesh and blood, but we know in this church that there is something in the unseen world that's happening. And so let's look at scripture of what it speaks to of baptism this morning. 2 Corinthians 5.17 is a good life first for all of us. It says that it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new creation. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. I love this passage of scripture as it speaks to something great that God wants to do in our life. I want to show you this definition because this is what would be revealed 
um, as through the work of baptism. And we see it uh, in Titus 3.5, and we also see it in Matthew 19, and it's the word regeneration. This is what God designs to do in us and through us in baptism is regeneration. And in Titus 3.5, we'll look at it in a minute and how it talks of baptism. In Matthew 19, regeneration talks of how um, Christ is, in his second coming is going to renew and build a new Jerusalem. And what we see in, in rescue is church and, re, and the context of regeneration used there. But here, this is what regeneration defined as. It's the process of being reborn, i.e. born again, or recreated, made new. And so this morning, as those getting baptized, and as you reflect back on your baptism, this is what took place in your life. You were regenerated. You were reborn. You were recreated. Now, here's what we have to do as we get into kind of the mystery of all of this, is where we tend to look is at the how. Well, how does regeneration happen? How does it how does baptism work within this? What I've learned is I've studied the word of God and you can get analytical with it and begin to pick it apart and dissect it. You can really get yourself in trouble when you go down that path sometimes because it points to something that is far uh, greater than us and it points to mystery. And so when we begin to read the scripture, when we begin to see this, it's, it's, it's stopping and looking at the how and beginning to look at the where, that where is this taking me? Where does God uh, uh, want to take this, and what does he want to do, the where and the what of it, not the how of it? Because I can't explain what takes place. Think of it this way. When two people walk in, a husband and wife walk in to get married, what does the word of God say? When they say, I do, and give their confession before Christ and, and with the pastor priest there, when they walk out, they no longer walk out is Garrett and Brianna. They walk out as one and as a new person. I can't explain how that happens. Uh, there's a mystery resolved with that, but we know in the unseen world that something has taken place, a covenant, that transformation of the two have now become one. The same is with baptism. And so we see that regeneration is the process of being reborn or recreated. And so... This is my challenge to you this morning, and what I want to leave with you, and what I want to give you in 2019, is it is of of utmost importance in our life, and what I challenge myself with is that we become what we are. We become who we are, Mm -hmm. that we live this life scratching the surface of who we are, but that we would put the discipline, we would put the time, the effort, the energy, the focus on becoming who God has called us to be and not just being okay with what we're handed and not just being okay with where we're at, but getting into the word of God and becoming who he's called us to be. Anybody want to become who you are and who God calls you to be in 2019? You know, there's a a video I want to show as I'm talking about this. And uh, the closest thing I could think to kind of show regeneration is uh, the process of the caterpillar to the butterfly. And we know that science people, you love this kind of stuff, is metamorphosis, right? And so, Kenny, if you would show this, you'll see just a quick time lapse of this taking place. And the metamorphosis process from the caterpillar in the cocoon to the butterfly is usually roughly 10 days that this whole process takes place. But as I was studying and, and looking 
into baptism, the, the baptistry represents the cocoon in a way, where not only is the baptistry uh, a symbol of something dying, but it's a, also a symbol of something living. It's not just a tomb, but it's also a womb of something being dying and being birthed in our life. The same is with a cocoon. This butterfly isn't dying. It's dying to its identity as a caterpillar, and it's coming out as this beautiful butterfly. When you think about the caterpillar, it crawls on the ground. It, it, it lives in the dirt. It doesn't get a high point, a high view of life. But how many of you know this butterfly, when it comes out, it soars, it's beautiful, it lives high in the air. It, it has a new confidence about it. And that's the same with how we are when we come out of our baptism, is we come from just crawling in the dirt to now into something beautiful. Something has died, and now something has been regenerated and reborn within us. Look at Romans eight sixteen through 17. Pretty cool, isn't it, when you see it that quick? It says this, it says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Anybody thankful that you're a daughter and a son of your heavenly father? This is your identity. And this is what we talked about last week, that we are more than conquerors. This is the identity given to us. And this morning, Christ says that you are a new creation. This is identity given to you. It says, now if we are children, then we are heirs. Everybody say heirs. Of God and co-heirs with Christ. I.e., you are a co-signer with Christ. So what is his is now yours. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I love it because in the process of when we're, we're regenerated is we are created weak, but we're recreated strong. We're created poor, but we're recreated rich in Christ. We're created with flaws that lead to defeat in our lives, but we're recreated with power, which result in victory. We're created with the bend toward despair, but we're recreated with hope and joy. Anybody believe that this morning? This is what happens in your baptism. And so the thing I love about Romans 8 is it talks about our inheritance and how if you read Ephesians Ephesians 1 especially, it speaks greatly and richly of the inheritance that is given to you, that you can't earn, that you don't deserve, but it was out of God's grace and out of what Jesus did for us that now we have this rich inheritance, that we have this identity, that we are adopted as children of God. Romans 6, 3 through 4 says this. It says, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were also baptized into his death? death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Other translations say that we would have newness of life, that we have newness of life when we are baptized into Jesus. And so there's three great passages of scripture when you're explaining baptism to somebody. This is how I was always told. Is there's John 3, Galatians 3, and Titus 3. All three of those chapters talk about the beauty and what baptism is. Look what Jesus' thoughts of, of baptism were. And this comes from John 3, 3 through 5. And Jesus, again, is, has the face that many of us do when we read it, trying to understand, because Jesus would speak in a way that made us really question and say, Jesus, you've got to give us a little more here because this is going over my head. 
And so Jesus is having this conversation of what it means to be born again with Nicodemus. John 3, 3 says this, Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And Nicodemus says this, how can someone be born when they're old? And he kind of says it with a little bit of attitude here, like, Jesus, what, what are you talking about, man? And so Nicodemus asked, surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. And you can tell he says that he's laughing and he's looking at the other, his friends around him like, is this guy serious? And you can kind of see Jesus' response, just very straight-faced and very serious. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of the Spirit. So what we see here is, is this rite of passage in our walk with God, this rite of understanding our identity, what it represents in the mystery, the work that is done within us in baptism. It's being born of water and born of the Spirit. And being born of the Spirit, this is the heart of our renewal nights that we're bringing into our church. We've been telling you about them. Uh, they're going to be once a month, the first Wednesday of every month. It's 7 o'clock. And it's going to be a time, because what you would see in the Old Testament, when they, it would say, repent and be baptized. And then after that, they would be taught, this is now what you've been given in your baptism. And it needs to be activated in your life. And so these renewal nights are going to be a time that of a refreshing of what you've been given by the Holy Spirit. How many know you've been given gifts of the Holy Spirit? And if you don't use them and exercise them, they go dormant in your life. And so we need to be renewed daily of what we've been given and what our inheritance is. But what I'm trying and the focus I'm trying to get to us this morning is we have to know our identity. We have to know who we are in Christ or these things can't come alive in us. We can't be a vessel for him to do a work in us if we don't know who we are. And so I thought you might find this interesting. As you look at the early church and a lot of writings is uh, between baptism days and birthdays, is the early church would not celebrate your birthday, but you know what they would celebrate? They would celebrate your baptism day because that represented really your new birth. And what's kind of crazy, if we were to go back to that, many of us couldn't even remember the day we were baptized because it was just, it was a great part of our life. Many of us were baptized as a child, but I think just what I'm trying to get across is the emphasis on what happens in our lives in baptism and what is given to us through baptism, we, we kind of miss it. It gets kind of just surfacy of what is given to us. And look what we see in Galatians 3, 26 through 29. Bree, if you would come. It says this, it says, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. Anybody have faith this morning that you're a child of God? It says, For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. So we see that there's this putting on of Christ in our lives. That it's not this idea of, I said a prayer once, so now I'm good the rest of my life. But we have to continually and constantly put on Christ. And look what it says. It says, and I love this, because it says, now there is neither Jew nor Gentile. So we know that grace levels the playing field. It says, there's neither slave nor free, neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Again, we see that word inheritance, and we see the word heir, that we are heirs to this promise. 
when we're baptized in water and spirit and we put on Jesus Christ. You know what's pretty neat as well is you look at uh, the account of Noah's Ark and how the story of the Ark is a type of baptism where what was meant to bring death, the water, the Ark also brought life. And so if you begin to put on the eyes of understanding baptism and it's this womb and it's this tomb, it's this death and this life, as you begin to read scripture, especially in the Old Testament, what you begin to see is this reoccurring story of what is meant to bring death also brings life because it's the death of our old man and now it's putting on Christ. And so when you begin to get in God's word and see this, you begin to see God's heart and a constant reminder. Some of you, we need reminders because when we allow our mind to go astray, we forget who we are. We allow the cares of life. We allow the busyness just to begin to rob our inheritance and rob our identity. And so I pray this morning as you look at this baptism or maybe you're here next, is that something supernatural would happen in you and you would be reminded of this inheritance that was given to you at your baptism. But see, it was given to you then. Now it's up to you and it's up to me to begin to exercise it and use it and walk in it and have knowledge of what that inheritance is. This is my prayer for you this morning. It's Ephesians 1.18. It says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. How many of you know you have a calling on your life? A calling of hope. It says the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparable great power for us who believe. Anybody believe this morning? You believe that there's an inheritance for you. It says the power is the same as the mighty strength. And so we see this beauty here of what God has given us. And I pray in 2019 that you would put off lesser things, lesser motives, and you would begin to get to the heart of God. You would know who you are in Christ, that it's a foundation for you to stand on. And this morning, as we, as we have the first service of 19, that this baptism would represent who you are in Christ, and you would be renewed, you would be refreshed, and you would be reminded of the inheritance that's been given to you. It's time for the church to wake up it's time for us to wake up. The days we live in are, in are evil. That's why God has given us an armor so that we can fight the offense of the enemy off of our life and that we can walk in the destiny that God has given us. Go and read the life of Joseph in Genesis 39 from where a dream of an inheritance is given and what the path that he had to walk to fully step in to who God called him to be. Our inheritance is never taken without a, a, a crushing, without a pressing. Your identity is going to be put to the test. It always is. Every day you wake up, you have a choice. Am I going to be the new man or am I going to operate out of the old man? And that's where you have to remind the enemy who your father is because it's not through your strength and your will and your power, but it's through his might, through his power, says the, says the Lord. And so know this morning that you've been given power You've been given strength to attain this inheritance that's been given to you. If you stand to your feet, let's pray. Again, I believe that the eyes of our heart this morning are going to be enlightened and that we would know in 2019 that there is a glorious inheritance. And as we pray for renewal in our lives, that things that have been dormant, 
or scripture that you don't believe anymore because of something you've had to walk through in your life, that that would begin to be cleared up, that you would begin to put your focus where you know it needs to be, and that as you do, you're going to see that new man become stronger because when you get a hold of the inheritance, it puts strength in your life and it strengthens you. It makes you walk in a confidence knowing that God is with you and that he's given you gifts and he's given you weapons to fight shame, to fight thoughts of insecurity, to fight depression, to fight your old man and keep it off of your life and to walk in the new man. Let's lift our hands. I want to pray. Father, I thank you. God, this baptism Sunday, that we would be reminded of who we are in Jesus Christ. God, that we are a new creation this morning. We are more than conquerors, that we are co-heirs with Christ. We are a masterpiece, Ephesians says. God, that we are the apple of your eye. God, just as what you've said, what you declared over Jesus at his baptism, that this is my son in whom I am well pleased. God, I pray that we would have this understanding that you are pleased with us. You love us. That holiness isn't something you want from us. It's something you want for us. It's a gift you give to us. It's not this grind and this work, but God, it's something that we participate in in with you. God, I pray that this spirit would be deposited into us, that you would remove the scales from our eyes. God, that there would be freedom and victory in our lives. God, that areas we have been so defeated, the cycle, God, that we declare victory over our lives in Jesus' name. God, that we've been given an inheritance. God, let us spend it and use it wisely. Holy Spirit, fill this house. Fill your church with the power and the fire and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Burn up the lies. Burn up the insecurity. God, let us know we have this great identity and that we're not going to be satisfied until we walk in it. Father, we love you and we thank you that the anointing of God is here, that it removes burdens. It destroys uh, bondage and yokes off of our lives. God, we receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit right now. Baptize us afresh once again. Baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Baptize us in our identity. Wash anything off of us in 2018 that has hindered us and has kept us bound. God, that we would have the mind of Christ. We thank you, Lord, and we honor you, and we give you the praise right now in Jesus' name. And we thank you for the victory that is ours. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. 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 Well, you can be seated. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed. For more messages like this one, check out our website at gatheringplacechurch.com.